welcome shall proclaim and eternal arches ring with thy beloved name. The text for the sermon this day is taken from all of those readings which were read earlier. Grace, peace, and mercy to you from God our Father and our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. Amen. To start, I'm going to read, there's going to be quite a bit of scripture that's going to go throughout this text, this sermon. And so I'm going to start with Ephesians 2. For by grace you have been saved through faith, and this is not your own doing. It is the gift of God, not a result of works, so that no one may boast. I start with those verses to make sure that we establish this First point, as has been established in the last two weeks, as we've been exploring this theme of discipleship, is that we are made a disciple of Christ by grace through faith. The means by which that happens is through the waters of baptism, through the proclamation of the word. By that, we are made his disciples. And it is a gift. There is nothing you did or could do to earn it. It's freely given to you by God's grace. I mean, think about it this way. How many of you have ever received a paycheck? You don't have to raise your hand, but if you've received a paycheck, have any of you ever thought, oh, what a wonderful gift? Or did you think, I worked for this, I got it. However, if somebody just randomly came up to your house and just gave you the same amount of money and you didn't do squat for it, you'd have a very different attitude, wouldn't you? Be like, thanks? How nice. That's what grace is. It's a gift. You did nothing for it. But the question I kind of introduced this sermon series on was a question that I asked at the end of the services a few weeks ago. I used the illustration of a pastor who was in, down in Adel, Iowa, or Adair, one of the AD towns down by Des Moines. When he was, when he, at, his, at his church, when he got there, he went to a gas station and he asked the gas station, he says, the attendant, where is Faith Lutheran Church? And the gas station attendant said, I've never heard of it, even though the church was only a few blocks away. Which led to this question. If your church, so if Zion Lutheran Church, St. Peter Lutheran Church, St. John Lutheran Church, if it were to close the doors, would anybody notice? And that is a startling question. Because we are disciples of Christ. We are made heirs of the kingdom of God. Which if you ever listen to Gary Teese, he likes to say that that means that we should not be normal. But we're trying to be normal. We're trying to fit in. 
When as Christians, we should be standing out like a sore thumb. Because the thing is, I started out, for by grace you have been saved through faith. But the thing is, there's more to that passage. Verse 10 says, For we are his workmanship, created in Christ Jesus for good works, which God prepared beforehand that we should walk in them. One of the thing, the struggles that we as Lutherans have is we know that we're not saved by works, but all of a sudden we sometimes say, ah, I'm saved by grace. I don't have to do anything to be saved. Therefore, I can live however I want. Wrong. That's what we call cheap grace. Jesus came to justify the sinner, not your sin. In other words, it does not mean all of a sudden, ah, I can live however I want. On the contrary, because of what Christ has done, we should be living very differently. Paul says in Romans, what shall we say then? Are we to continue in sin that grace may abound? By no means. How can we who died to sin still live in it. I mean, think about this. This is, think about how our status before God when we are, cre- when we are born. We are born indebted. We are born destined for hell. We are destined for a place where there is no joy, no happiness, nothing but suffering. Think of the worst day of your life and multiply it by a thousand times, or actually an infinite amount of times, and it never ending. That is where we were destined. And so, and then you read, like we were reading in Galatians this past week in our Tuesday morning, actually just yesterday, in the Tuesday morning Bible study. You read in there, and you read that we have been made heirs of the Heavenly Father. So in other words, this is the great, the, cra- the crazy thing. This is where we, we are destined for the fires of hell. But that's not what we get. By the grace of God, by the blood shed by Jesus on the cross, you have eternal life. You have the heirs of heaven. I mean, think about it. If you woke up this morning and somebody told you that you inherited all of Warren Buffett's, um, in, all of Warren Buffett's wealth, what would that do to your life? Would you go, oh, that's neat. Go back, just go back to sleep? Or would you be like, I just inherited $40 billion. It'd be freaking out. Do you know how much God owns? Everything. Warren Buffett's wealth, it isn't his. It's God's. So is Billy. So is Bill Gates. His wealth is God's. All the money that Star Wars is going to be making tomorrow, that's God's. And guess what? You are an heir of God through baptism. Rather than going to hell where we deserve. That is, so this is why Paul asked, how can we 
who died to sin still live in it? Shouldn't it radically change the way we live? I mean, we, one of the things I love in all three of our churches, we have not shied away from crucifixes. I don't know if one time we did and somebody got clever and brought it back in. If they did, woohoo! But that, that is the cost of our sin. That was what needed to happen. The only perfect person the only person that never sinned in the history of the world suffered that for you. That is what was necessary to bring you salvation. How much does that change your life? It should make you not normal. James says, faith by itself, it does, if it does not have works, is dead. But someone will say, you have faith and I have works. Show me your faith apart from your works and I will show you my faith by my works. You believe that God is one? You do well. Even the, de the demons believe and shudder. Do you know it's not enough to believe that there is a God? There's a difference between believing that there is a God and believing in God. The demons do believe that there is a God. In fact, they know more about God than you do. And they're terrified of Him. They hate Him. To give you an illustration, just here's a simple way to hear it. If I say that I believe that Joe is innocent, or I... It's, it's, to say that is different than saying, I believe in Joe. Do you hear the difference? To believe that Joe is innocent is just an affirmation of fact. To believe in Joe means you take an active part in that person's life. I don't know anybody named Joe, I'm just throwing a random name. But that is what faith is. We believe in God. One of, the reading, the first, one of the readings I used from the first week was taken from Ephesians where he says, be imitators of God as beloved children. Think about your own parents. Are there habits, and I've probably asked this before, but are there habits that they ha do that you do? Even annoying things that you wish you didn't do? One of the things I was just thinking about that I look at the way my housekeeping abilities, I learned I inherited that from my dad, such as when companies coming, stuff everything into the office and, and, and also put clothes on the back, at the end of the bed, all things I learned from my dad. <laughs> and so probably not the good habits, but we all learn habits from our parents. And the reason it's because you're around them so much. If we are in God's word, if we're spending time with him, we begin to imitate him. But the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. Against such things there is no law. If we have faith, 
If we are Christians, we will demonstrate love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. Those are the characteristics of a Christian. Those who have the Holy Spirit, if you see a tree and there's no fruit, no leaves, nothing on it, you know the tree is dead. We are to be, we are to be, again, not normal. We are to stand out. We're to be weird. And by the way, just being here on Wednesday makes you weird. In fact, we're even weird amongst denominations. Not a lot of churches have midweek Advent services. Not that there's anything wrong with not having them, but it, just, but it does show something the way we're being weird. Acts 4, it says, the full, Now the full number of those who believed were of one heart and soul. And no one said that any of the things that belonged to him was his own. But they had everything in common. And with great power, the apostles were giving their testimony to the resurrection of the Lord Jesus. And great grace was upon them all. There was not a needy person among them. For as many as were owners of lands or houses sold them and brought the proceeds of what was sold and laid at the apostles' feet, and it was distributed to each as any had need. You know the practice of where when a member of the congregation or a member of our community is in need financially or need of food or whatever? You know, if you go over to Atlas, they don't have many left on there, but... They have little ornaments on there. You can go and get and donate. And I love that our YDOC's going to be doing some of those donations. And that's actually one of the things we're going to do for my own Christmas. Everybody in my family is going to buy a gift for um, one of the Atlas Tree members. Where does that example come from? Right here. The apostles were doing it. Everything that they had, they had in common. Nobody said, ah, that's mine. They said, oh, sure, you can borrow it. Go ahead. Nobody, nobody griped over what was theirs. They had everything in common. They made sure that nobody was in need. That's the way the church is still to be today. But we kind of lose it. We lose track of that. Let brotherly love continue. Do not neglect to show hospitality to strangers. For thereby some have entertained angels unawares. Remember those who are in prison as though in prison with them. And those who are mistreated since you also are in the body. Remember those who are in prison. Now he's he's not talking about those who went to prison for you know, a crime, although we should remember them. But specifically, he's saying, remember those in prison because of the faith. I don't know if you realize this, but there's persecution going on around this world. There are Christians around this world who are refusing to give in to the status quo, give in to the ways of their world, of their society, to 
to give in to ISIS. And for that, they're being crucified and beheaded. As we speak, there is a genocide being carried out against Christianity. And they would rather die than deny it. That's how we should be. But how often are we really like that? And the reason that they would rather die is because, as I said at the beginning, that the consequence, the the reward, what, what we gained from Christ was eternity. There are people in this world who do not know Jesus, who do not believe in him, who are perishing. And it should cause us to break down in tears. Based upon statistics, if you're on an average Sunday, if you went out to dinner with four different people who live in Osceola County, only one of those people will have been in church that week. That tells you there's a need, there's a concern. Because God's word has life. And that means three out of four people in this county are not receiving the gifts of God. Which bring forgiveness, bring life, bring strength. That's what Christians do. They receive God's word. They hear it as often as they can. And we should be egging people on to get back. If And if they ask you why, one, simply ask, are you a sinner? And if they say, yeah, there you go, that's why. You need to go receive his forgiveness. That's what's in the Lord's Supper. You receive the forgiveness of sins. If we refuse to receive it, then we're saying we are not a sinner. And I don't need Jesus. That's why Luther says, if we're not receiving it, It should be wondered if you're even a Christian. Because why would you not receive God's gifts? There are so many people in this world that are lost, trying to find a way. There are so many people that have no sense of hope. We look in the world that everyone is terrified. We have an answer. And it's Christ. He conquered death. He conquered the devil. And he gives you life as a free gift. We don't have to say, I'm not, people might think, I'm not good enough. I can't, you don't know what I've done. It doesn't matter. Jesus did it all. And that message, that gospel should always be on our lips. And we should be seeking it every day. Because as a a good a Baptist pastor up in Minneapolis, I always like his little thing. He says, the gospel, which the gospel that Jesus Christ died for you, you never, and I've said this before, but it's worth repeating, you never, ever, 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 never outrun your need to hear the gospel. You need to hear it as, if possible, every day of your life that Jesus 
died for you. He gives you eternal life. And that no matter what happens in this world, we have the promise of the bodily resurrection. This joy, this message, what, we, what has been won for us should lead us to not be normal. We should be weird. We should be standing out like a sore thumb so that people can know what we can, when we ask that question, what would happen if our doors closed? We'd easily say, yeah, people would notice because people notice us everywhere. I pray that would be so. I mean, think about it. St. Peter has a membership of about 150. There are only 400 some odd people in, in Ochiden. One out of every four people is a member of our church. We should stand out. Horton, we don't even, it's not really a town, but we definitely should stand out because we're the only church until you get to Minnesota. May City, you're the outside of the, the welding shop. That's we're all we got. We should be standing out. May we, powered by the gospel, the reality of forgiveness, proclaim God's word. Stand out. Don't be normal until he comes. In Jesus' name, amen. The grace, peace, and mercy of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, keep you in the one true faith, the life everlasting. Amen. We continue by singing hymn 636, and we're going to sing verses 1, 2, 1 and 2, and 5 and 6. Got that? 1, 2, and then 5, 6.